Welcome to The Future Built Smarter, a podcast in which IMEG engineers discuss innovative and trend-setting building and infrastructure design with architects, owners, and others in the AEC industry. I'm your host, Joe Payne, here with another segment in a series of episodes featuring IMEG's market sector leaders. Joining me as co-host for the series is Steve Rhodes, IMEG Vice President of Market Development and Federal Solutions. Steve, glad to have you back. Great to be here, Joe. Today's guest is Steve Meyer, Bridge Market Leader for IMEG, joining us from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Steve, to get us started, tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up uh, becoming market leader for Bridges. I, uh, I graduated from Southwest Minnesota, in high school that is, and went into the military. I spent five and a half years in the Navy, got out of there and went to college, decided to be a civil engineer, went to South Dakota State and took a job with a local firm developed an aptitude for bridges, designed several of them. And then I really found that I had an aptitude for developing relationships with our clients. Um, I parlayed that into for a while. I went out and sold concrete, uh, precast concrete products and uh, went back to designing bridges and whatnot and still was pretty good with the interpersonal relationships with our clients and it was noticed by IMEG and they invited me to do this and I pretty well jumped at the chance. My interaction with our bridge teams, the services that IMEG provides falls into three major buckets. One is inspections, one is design, and one is construction engineering. Can you talk a little bit about those buckets? It's kind of the evolution of a bridge, essentially. It has to be designed. Well, there's a few different facets of the design. There's, uh, there's hydraulic engineering. we got to size the structure to make sure it'll, it'll conduct the water from one side of the road to the other, which is essentially what a bridge is for, to get traffic across a waterway or a roadway. Um, and then we, we, we take that and come up with the length of the bridge, and then... Uh, from the length of the bridge, then we do the actual design of the bridge. Once the bridge is designed, then, uh, then we'll have to do some construction observation while it's being built to ensure the contractor will build it according to the specs and we get a good product in the end. So once a bridge is in service, every bridge in the United States that's 20 feet or longer gets inspected every two years by a qualified bridge team. So if I, uh, if I recall that IMEG conducts um, hundreds to thousands of bridge inspections on an annual basis, is that correct? It is correct. In South Dakota alone, I believe we do about 1,100 bridges every two years. Is that a dangerous proposition? Not usually, you know, for the most part. You send two people out there, which is good because if something happens, you don't want to have somebody out there by themselves. I guess I've been in a river that's been flowing too much and nearly got swept downstream. Um, I have seen a rattlesnake while I was inspecting a bridge, which that was exciting. Although it was cold that day and he wasn't that interested in, in, <laughs> in us. Um, 
but then there are aspects we do underwater bridge inspections and there's inherent risks involved with that uh, we have to have a team of two divers plus a dive tender so it's a minimum of three people on that on that project and i i don't know for sure but i think the dive tender has to also be dive qualified yeah, I've seen pictures of uh, some of our some of our divers, you know, all suited up and and uh, you know, and every I, I think as a non-engineer, especially not anybody who has expertise in in bridges, it's kind of surprising. It's that oh yeah, I guess you, you need to go under the water to inspect a lot of this uh, a lot of this infrastructure. It's it's interesting in that all these bridges that I have inspected. You know, I, I wade across every every bridge, and all of our teams do. Um, if it gets too deep, then we end up putting a boat in, which you float you float everywhere you need to go. But it's hard to make sure that there's not a scour hole if you're floating, you know, twenty feet above where where the scour hole would be. So then. After a while, if we haven't inspected it for a few different cycles, then then the bridge is is inspected by an underwater bridge inspector. Since all that uh, infrastructure funding became available, uh, I think it's almost been a couple of years now. Ha- have you seen a big impact from that at this point? So that's interesting you say that. Actually, that's one of the one of the unique challenges and one of the incredible benefits over the last probably five years is I and other engineers like me have just, we've been going at a, at a really fast pace and we put out many, many bridge projects to the point now where one of the biggest, biggest challenges facing our clients is there's so many projects out there. The contractors are essentially full and they don't, the competitive bid process is somewhat going away because they, they don't have to, they don't have to go after every project. They can go after the ones they want. And I was actually looking it up here not too long ago in 2018 concrete was right at a thousand dollars a yard. And in 2023, we had projects that bid for $2,000 a yard. So over the last five years, one of the big problems is, is construction prices have doubled. So you talked about some of the challenges facing the market. Um, are there any other challenges that have come into play in recent years that um, IMEG's been able to uh, try to help navigate with some of our clients? So some of the questions I guess that our clients are asking is, how can I extend the life of my bridge? And, and there are ways, uh, there certainly are. Um, we, we put, we redo the concrete deck, we'll put a, an overlay of concrete on it. Um, we, we can reset the girder or the beams, the bearing devices. Um, that's, that, there's quite a few ways that we can extend the life of our bridges. Um, Another question that they seem to ask is they want rough cost estimates for our, for bridges and, and, and what, what they can do to make their money go further. And so we have, we tend to give out quite a few cost estimates for bridge projects, either the rehab, 
the rehabilitation of bridges or actually replacing the bridges themselves. Are you able to, to talk about um, 3D modeling and IMIG's bridge design process and how that helps um, the, uh, the design and uh, the implementation? So we design bridges using quite a few different components. We design columns and then on top of the columns sits what we call a, is a pile cap or a, a bent cap. And that transfers the load from the girders down to the columns. Um, when we design that bent cap, we'll use 2D modeling. But we'll use 3D modeling to design how the girders transfer the load through that bent cap down into the columns. Those are all interrelated, and 3D modeling will, will, will transfer that load, and we can understand better how that all works and, and where the forces are and where our pinch points are, which will better allow us to counteract those forces. Also, with regards to the 2 and 3D, back in my long ago past, when I used to do the bulk of the hydraulics, um, I did what they call 1D modeling. I think it was kind of 2D modeling. If there were multiple structures that the, the flow, the water went through, it didn't really account for that very well. So in the last five years or so, 2D modeling has gained in popularity quite a bit, which allows us to better analyze how water flows through multiple structures, if it does, say, say the bridge becomes full and it overflows into a culvert that's a quarter mile away or something. Also, if multiple streams come in, converge right before the bridge, it allows us to better analyze that. When you look to the future, Steve, uh, what do you see on the horizon as being um, topics that are going to drive bridge design uh, or, or technologies? When I look to the future, I really don't see a slowdown coming in the bridge market. Hopefully it stabilizes a little bit and we don't put out just so many bridges that the contractors have to be selective. I'm hoping that stabilizes itself a little bit and and construction prices stop doubling every five years and go back to more more of a normal inflation rate. One question, this is really off kilter here perhaps, but did you ever see the movie Bridge Over the River Kwai? Oh, I did not. Oh, you're kidding. I haven't. All right, you're going to have to watch it, especially being a military uh, yeah. veteran. Um, you know, here's here's this group of British soldiers and they're forced to build this bridge because they have their engineers, right? And, and they, they're helping the enemy and well, I'm not going to ruin it for you if you haven't nope. seen it. But. Don't, don't ruin it. So that's your assignment uh, <laughs> after we're done here with this podcast, Steve, you watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I, now that you tell me what it's about, it's like, why haven't I watched that? I've, <laughs> I'm I, was a little disappointed. The, I was in the Navy and then for five years and I, Spent time in the army for the next fifteen years, and I'm an engineer, a bridge engineer. Why haven't I watched that? Yeah, how did you ever become market leader? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Steve, uh, thank you for for joining us here today. 
listeners who would like to uh, share this podcast with others can uh, can find it on our website. That's on imegcorp.com. Just go to our insights tab, search for podcasts, and you'll find this and several other podcasts we've done over the years. We're also on all the major podcast apps. We'll be back with another episode in this series on IMEG Market Leaders. Until then, thanks for listening and take care. Mm-hmm.